Welcome to Simps Podcast. I'm Psalm. I'm Vibba. And I'm Veronica. We are three simps with too many feelings and minimal romantic experience, and this is a podcast where we do our best to give relationship advice. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We got way more engagement than we thought, and honestly, we're so excited for the future of this podcast. And again, we just want to iterate that the most important simp on our team is you. That's right. Last episode, we discussed a question that was posted on Reddit by user Chubby Woos, and I promised that I'd give you guys an update on his situation. So I did a little digging through his profile, and now I'm going to read out some of the titles of his other questions that he's posted in the r slash relationship subreddit. So there's confusion regarding dot 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 girls, I suppose. What to do when you asked out your crush, but it went well in the wrong way. Is it weird for a 17-year-old girl to date a 15-year-old guy? I need a rundown on kissing, dot, 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 15M. I got put down and don't know what to do right now. That's so sad. And here's my personal favorite. Is it reasonable to be worried that the girls I like are lesbian? Well, um, these questions are all from about two years ago, but it certainly seems like our friend Chubby Wubbawoos has made some progress in his dating life. He's figured out how to talk to girls or talk to people he likes. Good for you, Chubby, wherever you are. We're all rooting for you. Today, we're addressing an audience question submitted by an anonymous user who will go by Hannah. Here's a question. I met this person on Twitter. We've literally known each other for more than two weeks, but we vibe so much. They constantly hype me up and always comment on my posts and selfies with super gay and caring words. Whenever I'm being negative, they're aggressively nice to me. A week ago, we were talking in the DMs and they gave me their number. We've been texting every day and last night came to the conclusion that it's fate that we met. Other little details. They say I'm perfect and that they're nervous to talk to me and care a lot about what I think and that I was fate and I mean the world to them. My question, are we gay? What is happening? I made a playlist already. Only downside is they're a year and a half younger and live halfway across the US. What do I do? Loser in love in the digital age, Hannah. All right, kids, what do we think about that? I think it is important to uh, let y'all know that the questions, are we gay? What is happening? is typed in all uppercase, just to give you guys a little visual on what we're seeing. What is I guess, happening? I guess one of the, I guess the way I interpret this is that this person, Hannah, is interested in the person that they're talking to and would potentially maybe want a relationship and is trying to figure out whether or not that's something that the other person wants. Um, and so if I were in that situation, I guess if I had just made a new friend, but I was like interested in them, something I would be concerned about is like figuring out whether or not, you know, the friendship would stay intact if I were to say anything to them. Is that like kind of how you guys are interpreting it or are you interpreting it a different way? I think that's a really great analysis, Viva. You know, this is a very hard topic to deal with, right? Especially since we're going on a year of quarantine now. Um, we've probably had minimal contact with new people, right? Even in our Zoom classes, we've had maybe just faceless video screens rather than actual contact with human people. Even in breakout rooms when we're supposed to be interacting and working with each other, most people just <laughs> leave themselves on mute. Dad. It is sad, yeah. And it's a very hard truth to deal with, you know? So I think that when you do meet someone and they pay you some interest and pay you some attention, it can be very easy, I think, to sort of develop that high, especially since we've gone so long without 
contact from other people, especially new people. So that's just my first cent. I'll give you my other cent later for my full two cents. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting that you brought up the analogy to Zoom classrooms because, like, honestly, right now there's not even really a difference between dating someone that you've met in real life or dating someone that goes to your school that you've never actually met or dating someone who, you know, like that you met through Twitter who lives halfway across the country. It's all kind of the same scenario anyway. Yeah, I honestly don't really see a difference at all between dating someone who goes to your school who you only see through zoom anyway and dating someone who lives across the country that you only see through twitter anyway um so in my opinion it's not really an issue that they live halfway across the u.s if you catch my drift yeah i think some brought up a good point that i didn't really think about but the fact that you know it is quarantine and we do have limited contact with people it can get really easy to be excited about the new people that we're talking to. And that's not to say that this person you're talking to is not genuine about how they feel about you, or you're not genuine about how you feel about them. But you did say you met them, you know, pretty recently. And I think that it might be fair to give it a little bit more time to kind of feel out what the situation is and whether or not it's something that both of you want to keep pursuing after a lot of time goes by. I don't know if you guys feel differently, but I think if I were in this situation, I personally would just try and feel out the situation a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's the only valid thing to do. There is a bit of disconnect between you, regardless of whether or not you're talking to each other, like through DM, through through phone number. Um, You know, you're not meeting up in person. And there's a lot that's unsaid in those text messages, right? Or your video calls or whatever. You don't get the full body language. You don't get the tone that's emoted. So there's a lot of things that you could potentially like read between the lines for, and you might miss it and you might not miss it, right? So I think that's just one thing, again, to be cognizant of. It's it's a tricky situation for sure, but, you know, just feel it out. Yeah, what, what about you, Veronica? What do you think? Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, Psalm, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about how even when we were hanging out in person a year ago, gosh, it's been a year. Um, even when we were hanging out in person a year ago, you would always like have these little quirks, like you would walk down the street, you know, jump up and click your heels, do a little spin. Walk down the street? What? what? <laughs> oh, look at him. He's walking down the street. He's wow. walking down the street, clicking his heels like he's on the yellow brick road or something. Remember that time we all watched last Christmas and Henry Golding's character did a, he was like walking he down the street twirl. once again. He did a twirl. And then everybody in our row who knew Psalm just snapped our heads over to look at him so fast because you do the exact same thing. And I was thinking about how much I miss that. And you're totally right in that you can't, it's difficult to have a relationship or at least a, you know, traditional standard societally expected, I don't know, a full, full bodied relationship, I guess, without necessarily having met. Not that I don't, I do think that you can have all the emotional connections, you know, like if you're telling each other about your day, discussing things that you think are important values, your life situations, whatever. I do think you can have a full emotional connection in that way online, especially now that we've been adapted to it for so many months. But ultimately it would be, you know, really nice to see the person that you're dating in person. Yeah, it's a really tough situation. Thanks, Veronica. Two takeaways from that. First, I have something in common with Henry Golding. So, uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Second takeaway. 
I'm not like other guys. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can cut that out. You can leave now. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Salma's host. And then I just never talk for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh no. You're you're still there, but you just don't say anything ever again. It's like you can't see him. I'm he like Drex, wins. you know, from Infinity War. <laughs> no. All right, and those are the key takeaways I think from what Veronica just said. I think one other thing, my final cent of my two cents is one thing that stuck out to me from this prompt. And that is the fact that y'all mentioned, you know, that it was fate, quote unquote, that, you know, there's destiny, there's some sort of thing driving you two together, right? And I think that's a really interesting word choice, especially considering that you've only known each other for a few moments now, just uh, a week or so ago. What do you all think of that? Like, what role does fate play in a relationship? What do y'all think about that? Well, personally, I don't believe in the concept of fate, so I don't think I can comment on this. <laughs> well, I mean, would you like to explain, like, why or your take on it? What do you think is happening in this world, oh. universe? Well, I think that everything is just a game of probability and how much you try. And so, you know, if you're, like, I also don't believe in the concept of soulmates or the one or anything like that. So it's just, you're compatible with a lot of different people in different stages of your life. And if you just happen to be in the same place at the same time and you choose, you're ready to form a connection, you choose to form a connection, it'll happen. But that can happen with a lot of different people. So yeah, I don't know. I don't really believe in that concept, but I can also see, you know, I also don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's real or not. So I think I'm of a similar opinion to Viba. It's not, not like I don't believe in fate. I, I don't really think about it that often. Um, but I do think that people are meant to, when they meet each other, it's like a blank slate, right? Ta- like tabula rasa, I think is what they say <laughs> in the sociology classes about tabula rasa. Tabula rasa. <laughs> about how you know it's a blank slate it's a white slate there's nothing on it and you know that's the that's that's how people believe like you know humans are born like babies are born without like any certain like prejudice or thought whatever and it's all taught and I think that in a relationship it's also quite a similar thing um where if you want to like if both people or all people or whatever um are willing to like put in the effort to grow with each other and negotiate and make compromises and sacrifices and but also like make sure like the relationship is equal in terms of I don't know giving taking whatever like if both people all people are willing to do that then anyone can grow anyone can cook anyone can grow in their relationship with each other that's my take on it but perhaps the fate part is when you meet someone that's easier for you to grow with like you don't have to put in as much effort to grow with that person you don't have to make as many sacrifices because you're all you're both already like kind of on the same page about it maybe that's the fate part like maybe that's like the soulmatesy part that we talk about more i really like that interpretation thanks an avocado yeah i I think you both bring up really excellent responses there on my end i've always grown up believing in fate destiny soulmates thank you to how i met your mother by the way for Making me believe that there's such thing as the one. Cute. And then you and then you threw it all away in the last season. But anyway, you <laughs> set the topic for another time. Oh no. But <laughs> but I do think one thing to be really cognizant of of here is you know when you say 
it to a person that, hey, it's fate that we met, right? Uh, that, I think I can go one of two ways. One way is you creep them out, right? And it's just like, whoa, you've automatically put in more pressure on your relationship now that you've like established like hey it's it's fate that we met like it's destiny like we were bound by a force to meet at this exact moment in time and that's you know that's that's a lot to weigh on on someone i think so that might push them away but of course there's the second option which is which seems to be the case for hannah here which is that they both have come to this conclusion and that they both accept that cool that's great uh but how do you do that like moving forward like what is this mean like does this mean there's automatically that pressure there is there less pressure for something to happen in that relationship like who knows yeah on that topic i totally agree with your takeaways because it's like if you both agree to it does it still mean it's true not to get like pessimistic not to freak anyone out about that but it's like even if you both say it is it true like remember in elementary school when you would be like oh want to be best friends and then the other person's like yeah let's be best friends and then you like give each other a dime and or something and you keep it forever but that doesn't necessarily make it true it like still means that you have to work on it is what i'm trying to say gosh i really hope the two people whom this uh question is about are not listening or at least even if they are you know who you are please don't hate me please please do not hate me i'm a little pessimistic here but honestly Go ahead and hate Biba and me. That's totally oh. fine. I think we're okay with it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Please don't. I'm very sensitive. He is. He is. Actually. I'm not. Go. Do it. Do it. That's <laughs> a lie. That is a bold-faced lie, Biba. <laughs> what? <laughs> Biba, you dare lie on the internet? How dare you? Be honest. Be honest. That's a reference from the future. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 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 anyway, I don't think anyways is a word. I made a grammar error on the air. How could you grammar error? Uh, grammar error, grammar error, error, grammar error, error, grammar error, grandma. Uh oh. At this point, Veronica, who was recording on her computer, uh, her computer's internet decided to kick her off. And then when she came back, she just heard Psalm saying, are we stabilized? And you can hear it in the recording right now. Are we, oh, are we stabilized? Are we? Stop! <laughs> so the last... now back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> back to the simping. Back to the simping. Back to the simping. Uh, something that we have not talked about so far is uh, this person says, Hannah says, I made a playlist already. I made a playlist already. Psalm, what do you think? Psalm, you make a lot of playlists for people. You know, I do make a lot of playlists, Veronica. This is correct. I really enjoy making playlists. It honestly might be a love language at this point. <laughs> it totally um, is. My one question for all of you in terms of how we approach this is... What is what do what do they mean by made a playlist already? Like, do they have they made a playlist for this other person, or they, have they made a playlist to simp for this person? Let's just break that down really quickly, and then we can move on. Good question. I think I interpreted it as they made a playlist to simp for this person, or like made a playlist of songs that like remind them of that person. In my one relationship, I had actually made a playlist, a simp playlist of songs that they had that he had sent me before um that we'd like talked about and i like collected this playlist 
into a public playlist my mistake on my spotify account i would listen to it and we followed each other on spotify so it turns out that the entire reason or like one of the pieces of evidence that he used to figure out that i liked him was because he saw me listening to this playlist and he clicked on the playlist and he was like wait these are all songs that we had talked about in our dms and the title of the playlist was no chance no way from the hercules song oh man yeah yeah so sorry that's that's an anecdote if you'd like to know of of my simp playlist experience i think hannah made a playlist of songs that remind them of this person i don't think it like really matters too much whether or not um hannah has sent the playlist to the other person because love is stored in the playlist you know, and playlists are shared constantly amongst friends. And so it's like not unusual for a friend to be like, oh, here are some songs that I think you'd like or something, even if what they mean is here are some songs that make me love you. I, I bet it's a simp playlist. I bet they listen and they they lie in their bed and stare at the ceiling and hug a pillow to their chest and go, oh, my gosh, my heart right now. That's the playlist. <laughs> that is suspiciously specific, but... Mm-hmm. We will move on. No time to unpack all of that. (laughs) (laughs) But what we do have time to unpack is the Spotify playlist thing, right? So I think one thing that has become really common in our generation, at least, is to make playlists for people that we simp for, right? Or just the general simp mode playlist. It can be exciting. However, I think simp playlists can also be kind of toxic if they're misused. I think that music has this way of creating associations between emotions and songs. And by cultivating this simple playlist with someone in mind, that association is automatically created between the songs that you put in it and the person. The danger here is that it can be easy to let yourself be overwhelmed by the emotions that you feel for this person. And you sort of start romanticizing what can be every single time that you listen to this playlist. So for example, If I listened to Open Arms multiple times while thinking of someone that I'm simping for, you sort of get into this mindset like, oh, shoot, like, I love, 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 love this person. I really like this person. Wow. And you can start to be overwhelmed. You can start to drown in that simping uh, attitude. And honestly, that's a little bit dangerous, right? You don't want to uh, romanticize what can be. Uh, Instead, you want to live in reality, right? Uh, That's kind of the point of La La Land, if you've ever seen it. Of course, I had to mention that. Thank you very much. But, you know, you you don't want to be the Ted Mosby of How I Met Your Mother, and you don't want to be the Joseph Gordon-Levitt of 500 Days of Summer. And of course, you know, this isn't necessarily the case for everyone, but in my experience, it is something to be wary of. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, In my music classes, we talk about how, like, music provides a really interesting like soundtrack or backdrop to emotions and how, like, you know, if you're watching a movie, the music, if there are different songs or pieces or whatever, or sound effects behind that scene with the same visuals, like you get a super different mood. And I think you're right in that um, in our generation and in also generations of like when people made actual mixtapes and mixed CDs and stuff like that, um, in the past like 50 years or so, um, music has been like really important in like as a love language, as a way to like set the scene to be the protagonist in your own story and to feel like you have some kind of um, like control over the mood, the unspoken things, the things that you can't see or talk about, like the music, is there to provide the ambiance. And it, like you said, some it, it captures 
what you're feeling in that moment. And so it's really cute. It's a good thing to have made a playlist. Veronica, you're so bold making your simp playlist public. I feel like I would not do that. It was an accident. I don't think I realized that people were actually looking at my profile. I didn't think that he was going to actually click on it. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, you guys have your simp playlists on private? Yeah, (laughs) now they are. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Oh boy. uh, Listeners, if you're you're listening right now, if you have some on Spotify, you know what to do. Go through the simp playlists. I mean, it's really not a secret. Like, it's just a bunch of love songs that I like. All right. Yeah, those are some really good points, and I have to agree. Um, But now we're going to introduce a new portion of our show called the Marquez Minute. (laughs) Many of you listeners might know our very good friend, James Marquez. We have known him for a very long time, and he's very, very dear to all of us. He will be joining us each week with our segment called the Marquez Minute, where he will provide his thoughts and opinions on the situation that we're discussing that week. He has a little bit of different experience than us in the way that he actually has experience and he's been in a couple of relationships. So I think hearing his side of things will be interesting, but I will let him, you know, introduce himself and everything like that. And that will be right now. All right. Hello. Hello. My name is James Marquez. I am 21 years old and I'm glad to be a friend of the pod. Um, So background, I've had two serious relationships while I've been in college. Um, I would say my biggest influences on how I view relationships are definitely based off the people who are around me. I'm definitely influenced by what I see in my friends and my families. And I think I really appreciate the tangible genuineness of, you know, really being able to see things play out in front of me or just hear how things are going. And I really do love being uh, a supporting figure to my friends and their relationships and just being helpful and supportive in any way I can. All right, and now we're on to Hannah's question. Um, first of all, I'm really happy for you that you were able to really form a connection and have such a positive interaction with this person, especially in a time when it's really hard to have that kind of connection because we're all isolated from each other in a pandemic or I guess you've, you've called it the digital age. I think the way that I interpret a situation like this is, you know, I can definitely see that there's a sense of confusion about just what is going on with this other person. And I think that's totally fair. You know, I think two weeks is a relatively short amount of time to know anybody. And I would definitely suggest, you know, getting to know the other person better over time. You know, it seems like you do have a lot of communication channels set up. So it's never a bad thing to keep talking to each other and just learning more about each other. And, you know, with more time, you know, hopefully the confusion that is really settled over the situation will become, you know, clear and you'll be able to see everything uh, as it is. And, you know, off the bat, I would say that it's possible for the situation to also just be a genuine friendship. Like, I think you it's very possible that it's very possible to feel super connected on such a deep level to someone who is not your romantic partner. Like you don't need to be partners to feel such a deep level of connection with, with people. And I think, you know, I've definitely felt like it was fate that's brought me and some of my closest friends together, like Vibba, for example, giving the situation more time to fully develop, you know, I'm sure will lead to, you know, a, a more sense of, you know, clear understanding. And, you know, I would say the only part I'm a little concerned about is the whole phrasing of, I think they said to you, like, I would mean the world to them. Uh, I think that phrase and adjacently ordered phrases can definitely put a lot of pressure on any relationship or just a friendship, especially when it's very early on. You know, it doesn't have to be in a romantic sense, but, you know, putting so much pressure on a situation like this before things have fully developed, given that's only really been two weeks, I feel like it can definitely hurt more than helps. You know, everybody is different in terms of how they express their emotions, you know, whether it's platonic or romantic. And, you know, I really think just, you know, giving your situation more time and keeping up the open communication that you seem to already have really well established with this new friend, you know, just keeping that up and more time will definitely clear things up over time. So thank you for listening. Thank you, James. 
Yeah. Such a sweetheart. Aww. James Marquez is James such Marquez, a sweetheart. Really. I want to be on the record and say that. James Marquez, you're a great guy. You're so fantastic. You're so wonderful. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thank you, James, for joining us on the Marquez Minute. You guys, uh, listeners, can look forward to hearing James for a little bit over a minute every single episode. And as a reminder, uh, since we've just discussed this listener question from Hannah, we do have a submission form open. We've seen some responses so far, but if you also have your own romantic conundrum or situation or funny story that you'd like to share with us so that we can share it back to you, feel free to go to our Twitter, which is at SimsPod, S-I-M-P-S-P-O-D. There is a Google Forms in the bio where you can submit that. Just as a you know, little shout out, <laughs> James is single. So if you want to use our Google Form to hit up James, go for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I bet you didn't expect that, James, when you signed up for this. <laughs> You're That's welcome. What... You're welcome, James. <laughs> not a simp anymore. All right, Hannah, we've had a lot of fun this episode, just sort of breaking down your situation. Uh, and again, thank you so much for being so bold and so brave to put this out there on the internet for everyone to hear. Again, we really appreciate you. You know, we should just end this episode off with a little bit of a main takeaway section for from all of us. You have three concrete points of action. So I think for me, again, I've said this before, and I will say this repeatedly for the rest of my life. You just have to feel things out. You know, you just have to go with the flow, see where it leads you. You're not doing this alone. You're not following anyone. Um, no one's following you. You're in this together with whoever this person may be. Compromise is key. Even if you might want something more and they don't, that's okay. Again, you just have to respect their decisions, their boundaries, and vice versa. That's my takeaway. How about you, Viba? Yeah, no, I think you bring up a lot of great points. Um, we talked about a lot of these this episode, and I generally agree. It's a little early to kind of figure out this situation right now. So yeah, kind of like even James was saying, I think the the best thing to do moving forward is just to keep filling up the situation, keep talking to them, keep that you know communication, and just see where things go. Um, but yeah, I think you're on a good track, and I wish you the best of luck, Hannah. What about you, Brian? Yeah, uh, same thing. It's so brave to start this on the internet, but you know, if you do feel like it is fate, then perhaps it is. I still think fate is what you make of it, and it sounds like you guys are making of it what you want. Best of luck. I really hope that uh, everything works out for you guys. And thank you so much for sharing. And um, would love it if we could hear any updates in the next episode. If you are willing to go back to that form and tell us what's happening or not, it's okay. Um, But yeah, thank you, Hannah, for sharing. All right. And I think that wraps it up for this week. Until next time, stay single, Sims.